Hi, this is Mariana, one of the co-hosts of It's Pronounced Memoir. This is a very special episode because it is the very first one we ever recorded. That was before we mastered this whole podcasting thing. We were so young and green that we didn't even know what a memoir was back then. And so we read this compilation of letters instead. But to be fair, we didn't read the whole thing. We were new to podcasting. We weren't complete idiots. Enjoy. Hello, welcome. My name is Mariana Olenko, and I'm one of the co-hosts of It's Pronounced Memoir, where each week we will discuss a new book by a celebrity. We hope that this will be educational, and I think we can already put a check mark next to that box with the pronunciation of memoir. <laughs> no more memoir education and fun, but those are goals only. With me are Anne Immig. Hi, Anne. Hi. And Wendy Ahrens. Hello, Wendy. Hello. Today, our book is Dear Mr. You. That's Y-O-U, because unfortunately, <laughs> our celebrity author is not addressing sheep. It's by Mary Louise Parker. She was born in 1964 in South Carolina, which makes her both older and more Southern than me. And maybe all of us. And where were you born? Madison, Wisconsin. And Wendy, how about you? Uh, the deep South state of North Dakota. Ah, see, mm. now on my way to becoming your ghostwriter of your memoirs and possibly some <laughs> mild identity theft. So let us slowly wade in. The water may be cold, so we don't want to make any sudden moves. Mary Louise Parker is, of course, a theater, movie, and TV actor, multiple time nominee for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series, Weeds, for her portrayal of Nancy Botwin. Now, did we know that Weeds was a comedy? I didn't really laugh throughout it, no. Yeah, I thought it was more of a how-to, but, you know, okay, that's not <laughs> the point, okay. So this book came out after Mary Louise had been writing essays for Esquire, which gave her the book idea. Now, I read some of those essays, and they're quirky. They're very for the male gaze. One of them is why having sex in public is worth it. And also how to get some on February 14th. So those are little teasers if you want some more of Mary Louise. Shockingly, she says that she had an awkward and was unpopular in childhood. Do we know anybody who wasn't awkward and unpopular in childhood? Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I feel like this is maybe... Is rhetorical? <laughs> <laughs> it is rhetorical, but I think it makes her feel relatable. And were you popular in childhood? <laughs> I think this is one of those nerd takes the glasses off and is suddenly beautiful. Like, uh -huh. I don't buy yeah. it. I still haven't done that taking glasses off part, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. <laughs> Back to our book. Dear Mr. You is in an epistolary format, which means letter format. We're back to the education and epistolary is not related to episiotomies. It's 34 <laughs> short letters to the various men in her life. It could have been shorter, but whatever. It was published by Scribner in 2015. It's 242 pages, five hours and 44 minutes on audio, but may feel a little longer. You will be wishing for that sweet relief of death before you know it. <laughs> Mary Louise herself said that the book is not a memoir, which of course makes it an interesting choice for this podcast. And here's a quote from her that has some words in it. 
Ready? If yes. this were a... <laughs> this is the memoir. This is the quote. Oh my god. If this were a memoir, where are the women? Hmm? Mm-hmm. Makes you I think. don't understand that. Well, that's why it makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And before we start discussing, dear Mr. Yu, I wanted to read an excerpt from a review by Colin McCann, who's a well-known novelist that I've never read. This book will shake your soul out. Funny, surprising, angry, intimate, political, saucy, profound, and very, very tender. Indeed, this is a book that will pass from mother to daughter to father to son and back to mother again. So is it me or is this family playing hot potato with this fucking book? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I tried to pass this book on to my daughter, but she blocked it. And I'm divorced from her father, so I don't know how I'm going to get him to read it before I turn it over to you. I'll read some more reviews. I mean, this has a 3.79 rating from Goodreads. And I'll read you my favorite Amazon reviews. Okay. So the one star review said disappointed. I thought she'd go way more into the Billy Crudup stuff and Crudup is spelled with a K since they were together for like a decade. But instead she just talks about yelling at a cab driver while pregnant. I think she tried to be too poetic and failed miserably. Another review also one star. I did not really enjoy this book. It was scattered and disjointed. It was written as letters to people. However, the way it is written is not a way you would actually write to someone. I think that's a fair point. Um, A review from an Auntie M. This is a mildly interesting book, but sometimes seems like the author should have kept a journal instead. Wendy, what did you think of this memoir? I will not be passing it on to any family members. I uh, listened on audiobook and was quite horrified that there's a lot of harmonica in it and I also tried to (laughs) speed it up and go at two times so it would be over faster and that just made it way worse so I only listened to chapter one and don't ever plan on listening to chapter two I did it listen to it in the car so it was probably three hours while I did my errands and every time I'd get back in the car I'd try to ingest another moment of harmonica and Mary Louise Parker talking it was it was not good but it was three hours for one chapter the whole book is like five chapters well I mean like over a three-hour duration I would listen in like little minutes here and there I don't know it's just I'm trying not to I, I don't want to remember this I don't want to like have this be a milestone moment in my life it's just sort of like like I don't talk about the rash I had a few years ago so is it clearing anyway, up was, by the way yes this this was not a uh a, a win for me mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. interesting would you do you think it's like a one star situation or it just wasn't for me and maybe if I had read it instead of listening to audiobook because I think audiobook is uh it just seemed like word salad instead of poetry even it was just a a mess and the harmonica of course didn't help and then when it was her child talking 
there would be like a child voice that came on to read it. And it just felt like, like I just couldn't get drawn into it. God, it seems like you've lived a lot during that one chapter. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously you're in our thoughts. Um, And how was the experience for you? I relate to the word salad part. There were times I found myself reading lines over again. I got through most of the book. It felt long. Um, It felt like Nancy Botwin is the character in this book too. A lot of like trysts and, um, but again, not knowing who she's talking about, which is a little anticlimactic. I found myself researching, trying to figure out who she was talking about, which would have made it more fun. But I laughed a lot at things that were not supposed to be funny. So that was a bonus. Like what? She wrote a whole chapter that sort of came off as satire to an honorary family member. It reminded me of like a Christmas letter from somebody who had maybe done a missionary trip with their church abroad. There was one. There were touching moments. I didn't hate it, but I didn't finish it. And that that says a lot. Yeah. I think for me, one of the reasons I read a celebrity memoir is because I want some, what the kids are calling goss. Oh, hot Hot goss. goss. It's hot goss. Yeah, hot goss. And in this one, I don't think there was any. Like, we all know about that Billy Crudup is a piece of shit who left her when she was pregnant. And, and absolutely she should not be defined by that. And that was so long ago, but at the same time, dear Mr. Taxi driver, I think, right. Mm -hmm. When she's in a taxi and he's taking her the wrong way. And she's just like, I feel like shit. I'm pregnant. No one wants me. And she's yelling at him. I felt like I had to bring my own knowledge to that essay, to that letter, so, to that. So epistle. she pulled her punches a little too much, like I don't quite know not what that naming names. Means. I mean, she yes. didn't name names. She didn't. She wasn't forthright with what is valuable information to help you comprehend what she's discussing. Being, I mean, I found out vague. more. I found out more in that one sentence summary about Billy Crudup than from anything in the book. Oh, interesting. And I understand, like, it doesn't have to be confessional. She doesn't have to share how, what I'm sure was a devastating time in her life. But at the same time, it it would kind of be nice if she did. So then you kind of get to what does she owe her reader? What does she owe the audience? And it feels like none of us, well, I only read a chapter, listened to a chapter, but it feels like that was kind of to her detriment because she didn't form a connection with the reader she didn't wasn't vulnerable enough or honest enough to really make that leap from this is interesting to oh I really feel this I really understand where you're coming from I think that's true for me and for me it's also the only reason I mean what is a reason to read a celebrity memoir other than to get some insight into that person I mean we already have writers and memoirists I mean I don't think any celebrities of Frank McCourt. No. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I and mean, after I read a few more, I'll be able to weigh on it. 
more. So it's it's sort of like the inside scoop about the lives of the people that we either grew up with or have some kind of sense that we know who they are. Completely false, of course, from seeing them perform. When I think, too, that celebrities don't do themselves any favors, you you already come to the book knowing they've got tons of money and aren't maybe the most humble people. And then when they compare their son's poetry to Hemingway, as (laughs) she did, um, and even in sincerely trying, you know, she has one about hugging a firefighter on 9-11, and there's some tenderness there, but it's interesting to see the lack of self-awareness that of some of the stuff that gets included in the book. Like it's one thing to think your child writes like Hemingway, but to decide that, and it wasn't, let me just read it. She said, he will bring home his poetry notebook from school, his poems, an unintelligible mass of spoken dialogue and exclamation points. But then one day he will produce poem after poem that would have made Whitman himself cry. Oh my God. Like she didn't just compare him to Whitman. I'm sorry. Whitman oh would my God. cry. cry. Um, Whitman just... the poet, not the chocolate maker. <laughs> the sampler, right. <laughs> okay. okay. Egocentric, just that right there. I mean, my my kids, I, I, I've never even looked at their childhood poetry and thought, oh, <laughs> they should be writing jingles for Reese's peanut butter cups. They're so amazing. Like I've never even gotten to that, that level. Well, I will well. say there was that time that one of my kids put every piss begins with P on the mirror <laughs> of the bathroom. Their own rip on every piss begins with K. <laughs> Do you think it's because is she like one of those famous people that has so much acclaim for doing what she does really well, which is acting, that she, it's like a vanity project to think she's also a writer. And so she kind of brings that perceived level of competence and talent to writing that she, that she actually legitimately has in acting. I think that's a question. I don't know. I don't know either, but they're also, I read a few of the reviews that are one and two stars. Most of the reviews were five stars. Like I cried. This is so moving. I gave it to everybody I know, I, you know, and there were verified purchasers on Amazon. So it wasn't yeah. just friends. To me, it seemed really pretentious, her writing. Uh, yeah. Not for me. That's the word. It was not interesting to me. It was not, it made me dislike her. Or not want to read anything by her ever again. And be a little bit suspicious of what she's doing on the stage, by the way. This is Mr. Cab Driver. was not Taxi Driver. So Mm -hmm. it starts where she's leaving her house after not having left for a while. And he's taking her somewhere, Chelsea. And she thinks, or maybe she's right, that he's going the wrong way. And she loses her shit. Now she's pregnant. She's under a lot of stress. But... I know people who will tell stories about where how the New York City taxi driver took them the wrong way and they corrected them. And I always, always cringe because they're cab drivers. They know the way to go. And if they make the wrong turn yelling at them, like it's it's a specific type of person that does this, like, you know, gets into a fight. Yeah, I believe we call them a Karen, that kind of person. <laughs> 
I mean, um, she calls out his turban and she, so that yes. I, I didn't like that. He did? Oh yeah. His oh. turban was shaking. And his loud, <laughs> his loud ethnic music. And maybe some people love no. that, but like, it wasn't pretty. Oh. It wasn't pretty. And did you believe about the map of the United States? I the, I, I the don't cab believe driver. It. So I mean, come when on. they get into, she says, stop the motherfucking cab. Stop. <laughs> Hurry up and get out of my cab. You shouted. This is a letter addressed to him. I don't know if he ever wrote back. <laughs> I said, I can't hurry. Go. I'm not taking you to anywhere. You're very awful. I don't want you anymore. You were slapping the seat with your map and waved it around in celebration of your being rid of me. I was halfway out the cab and stopped. I turned around ungracefully and I said hoarsely, no one does. Oh, my God. And Mary then- Louise, we're all hitting you with our maps right now. The harmonica Not hitting her, the seat. <laughs> if you were Mary Louise's friend and she sent you a draft of this, what would you tell her? Tell her that she was, she should stay in her lane and act. But I'd say that she, if, if we were very honest, good friends, I would say that she comes across as a jerk in a lot of this and to maybe go take another pass. What would you say? You'll have to use names because there's three of us. What would you say, Ann Imig? <laughs> I would say, I literally don't understand some of your sentences. So I know you're a poet who doesn't, but if you could just make it a little easier for us plebes to understand what you're saying, just dumb it down and actually tell us a little bit about being backstage on Broadway or being on set, you know, of weeds or being brat pack adjacent in the eighties or like when you start thinking about what she could write about and in her real voice, like that's the thing. This is a voice. This is a well-honed voice. Well, it's honed. I can't tell you the (laughs) degree. (laughs) I'd like to hear her voice. How do we know it's not her voice? And my follow-up question is, is it possible we're just a little dumb? Well, this is what I was thinking too, as you you both talked more about this. I wonder if the five-star reviews, it's not that we're dumb. We're all very astute readers. And this isn't the first book we've ever read. But for us all three to have that same reaction, I wonder if the five-star reviews are a little um, emperor's new clothes. Like they want to pretend that they're really getting this pretentious bullshit. And that's Mm. where like that, that quote you read at the beginning from Colin McMasters or whoever, I mean, come on, (laughs) nobody would even say that about the Bible. Like, you know, I didn't laugh one time. I mean, the Bible's a riot, but I didn't laugh (laughs) one time with Mary Louise. No, maybe it's just people were so wowed by the, what she did with celebrity memoir, even though she's not calling it a memoir that, they got taken with that. I can't. I, I can't begin to imagine. What about like she says? This is not a memoir because if this were a memoir, where are the women? What? I didn't get that either. But now it's all men. I guess is her point. All so her it's, letters. It's are all to men. to men. I think the idea is that you can't write about your life focusing only on the men. Is it strange that she's only addressing it to men? Like a oh. memoir. Ooh. Memoir. 
Well, you said her ask. <laughs> You said her Esquire column was very like male centric, but I have to tell you one thing that did not sit well with me is when she was talking about her relationships with her friend's husband, they're flirt clearly flirting. And I'm like, Ugh, this is just another one of those examples of like, you picture Nancy Botwin, like you picture this caricature of her anyway, and she's not doing herself any favors. Here's a funny review that I think is very funny. Let's see. Um, it's two stars. If I loved Mary Louise Parker a mere fraction of how much Mary Louise Parker loves Mary Louise Parker, <laughs> I'd have given this book five stars, then written to Amazon to complain that there weren't extra stars available to give to the most special people. Oh, yeah. that's good. That is good. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, aren't you curious if the harmonica continued throughout? <laughs> it was... Maybe that now that I know she was born in the South, maybe that makes more sense. Maybe it was like her child playing the family harmonica. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just the fact that her son would like read parts about him. Like that's, uh-huh. that would have thrown mm-hmm. me. You don't expect like other voices. It mm-hmm. was, it was an unsettling experience. Dear Rafiki Yangu, how'd you get so happy? Wendy, what did you like best about this memoir, about this chapter of the memoir that you... Uh, I didn't like anything about it. I, I, I don't like to be that negative, and, and maybe I would have found more if I'd continued with the book past chapter one. But again, it was not not good on audio. So I think that that's a good lesson to have learned. Maybe that's my takeaway, that don't listen to freeform verse on audio, it's best to be read so you can kind of sit with it on the page and your eyes have to sort of take in the, the format and the structure. It doesn't translate well to audio. I don't know. But I think we didn't know that this was free form. No, no. And it's none not... of the poems rhymed. Okay, I found it. I found just one example of this. Um. And this is in the chapter, Dear Lifeline. And it's about the guy, the day you married my friend, you know, it's her friend's husband. She says, I said, okay, now that I've laid out the ugliness in me, you'll never have an impure thought about me again. And you said, fuck, no, I'm having one right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Which reminds me about that strange paragraph when she was having sex with someone who was holding a can of Coke in his hand while actually having intercourse with her. You're making me uh, regret not finishing. <laughs> God, I hope I'm not mixing this up with something else from was my that... life at this age. Anything can happen. Wait, no, maybe that was my story. And I'm intrigued by that. Anyway, go ahead. And what did you like most about this book, if anything? Well, I did like the dear uncle chapter about her adoption because it reminded me when you get actual descriptions of adopted kids and the people who take care of them, she actually was humble. And I thought that one chapter, we got to see a different side of her um, and it wasn't all about her. That was so different than the rest of the book. Yeah, I didn't read that one. Um, What is the one thing that you'll remember, Wendy? Is it the harmonica? Uh, it's the harmonica. <laughs> what is the one thing you'll try to forget? <laughs> the harmonica. It's the harmonica. the harmonica. Yeah. And what about you? What do you 
What do you think you'll remember from this book? Uh, that three-headed dog. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> I guess it was all about the abusers that she's dated. Oh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm coming up short here. Have your feelings towards Mary Louise changed after reading or in Wendy's case, holding this book? <laughs> <laughs> They've gone down for me, sadly. I wouldn't have guessed she's this pretentious necessarily. And now it's been spelled out for us. Yeah, I I, I would agree. And I that doesn't mean I won't watch something she's in again, but there's no way I'd ever read anything she writes unless it's a check <laughs> i feel like we haven't heard from her in a while like has she been in anything maybe she's busy writing oh, sequel God. dear no. mrs she's gonna do the woman one next dear mrs me <laughs> oh. my prayers have been answered it's um well, you it's, you all have to talk about the oyster part sorry sorry I didn't oh, read it. It was so long. The last chapter was so long. I didn't, I couldn't. I, I saw how many pages it was and I didn't read it either. Do you think we're supposed to read the book that we're discussing on our podcast? I'm new to this whole thing. It's probably a suggestion. But oh, you know here, what? there's something interesting. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Here's ahead. something interesting. I just looked her up on IMDb. And she is going to be in a movie about Colin Kaepernick and playing his mother. Hmm. So wow. then I can't completely dislike her. Well, I love watching her on screen, but I think I'll keep my relationship with her to that. Thank you for That's asking. Good. Boundaries. Boundaries. We have boundaries. Mary Louise Parker boundaries. And I think the great thing about our discussion today, one of the many, obviously, is that it's we're really spoiler free. So if anybody wants to pick up this book, lots of surprises waiting for you and uh, maybe for us, too. It is an iambic pentameter. So for fans of that, I'm just kidding. I, that's a Shakespeare thing. And I don't even know how to count that. More, save for more of this crazy humor. <laughs> She does okay. have a chapter in theater school, but it's, it's so oh, yeah. remember in the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The beginning ones are fresher to me than the ones I haven't read. Okay. I'm saying yes. It's... Like I know what a chapter is in this book. <laughs> the one he's like, yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. uh, the that theater one. chapter. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> also, they're not chapters. They're letters. Remember? Oh, epistolary. Oh, oh epistolary. epistolary. The epistolary. episiotomy format. Mm. That's what I thought when she said that word. I was thinking episiotomy. Everybody thinks that. I do. I think apostles, because I'm oh, Christian. Let's dig into that. Let's <laughs> dig into that. Apparently, we dug into Christianity and apostles. We'll never know because we totally forgot to end the podcast episode. Such podcast babies were we. So thank you for joining us on It's Not a Memoir. Excuse me. It's Pronounced Memoir. If you're enjoying our podcast, would you give us five stars and maybe even write us a review? Forward this episode to a friend. You could follow us on Instagram at Memoir Podcast. Oh, this is exhausting. Mostly rest and enjoy the holidays and we'll see you in the new year. Thanks for listening.